Okay, so this is the third vlogcast for round 10 of the 2013 season. I'm Fifey and I'm joined today by the Cat Wrangler and Paddle Pop. Duckula is a late withdrawal this week, which is unfortunate, but we've got plenty to talk about today. So, g'day guys. Good evening, Fifey. I think there's only one place to start after a week like this, and it's North Melbourne, Adelaide. Where to begin with that? Well, North are absolutely on fire at the moment. They're on a bit of a tear. Three moral victories in a row. Oh, I think, isn't it? Hawks, West Coast, and uh, Adelaide. That was a moral victory against Geelong as well. They're practically unbeaten in moral victories this season and uh, heading the ladder, I think. They're going to set a world record moral victories in a season. They're going to take St Kilda's record from 2012, where St Kilda racked them up like no one's business with all those umpiring going against them. Okay, I laughed when Petrenko got out the back end before he kicked the goal. He knew he was going to do it. Did anybody else? I just couldn't help myself. I, I laughed. Was just in disbelief. All I can think of was Dan spurting strawberry bringing out his nose all over his TV, actually. I reckon he'd be a bit more feral the next person he spotted in the 7-Eleven. But Brad Scott's reaction, as always, just utter disbelief. I think we're in danger here of Brad Scott's post-game press conference actually being more important than the game. Yeah, well, it's partly the reason I watched. Like, I was at the pub at the West Coast North Melbourne game, and I stayed when I thought, oh, West Coast could pinch this with seven minutes to go. I was about to head home and I've gone, no, I'll watch the last seven minutes of this before I leave because Brad Scott may provide the lols and he delivered in spades with that reaction and I think it's just becoming the same with every game they play. Look, they've mastered the choke and look, I've got to say, for my money, I don't understand how a team whose captain is named Swallow can be such massive chokers. Well, I think with all due respect to him because he's come a long way, I think part of the problem is Majak Dor. He's Nick Nat Nui without the hype, isn't he? He may also be Nick Nat Nui without the ability because... I've got his numbers. If you take out that one game against the lowly Bulldogs, who haven't been that good, he is averaging per game in the other five, five disposals, 1.6 marks, and 0.6 goals per game. Damning. Oh, yeah. Show and makers, look out. We have a new man. He couldn't even kick a bag on show and makers at the moment. Go ahead, Uh, try. It can't be done. How soon the backdoor man makes it down to Melbourne with his mate? Well, that is where careers go to die at the moment. So who knows? He's been red bested enough times. He'd be used to the red and the blue. Do you think they might trade uh, Dorr for uh, Watts, maybe, in the off-season? I hear North have got their eye on him. They'd love the intercept marks, and, you know, he'd stop the Adelaide players getting out the back, that's for sure. So you're trying to basically say that if North had Jack Watts, there's no way Petrenko would have got out the back? Nah, Jack Watts would have marked that. Yeah, you're right. They wanted to trade for him last year. It's all Mark Neal's fault, and... I think that's as good a segue as any to, well, our Melbourne, Mark Neal's fault. They were pathetic on the weekend. I saw this. I saw part of that game, not a whole lot of it, but they were bad. Holiday in the sun for Melbourne, wasn't it? They didn't do a thing. They left their heart back here in Melbourne. Dodds, they don't even have their hearts when they play in Melbourne. From what I saw of it, they were just pathetically woeful. Like, if you let Frio beat you by 90 points, Frio don't kick scores. How long do we think Neal's got, honestly? Oh, I think it's happened already. I think they're already uh, looking at options. Uh, Gary is commentating from the sidelines. It's practically a, a herd like, you know, sort of, he's not going to get sacked, but, you know, he said it straight out on telly the other week, you know, oh, well, if we had our time again, would you hire him? Well, no, you know, he's, he's basically said, you know, he's not wanted, he's done, he's cooked. Gary needs to shut up, I think, though. Gary won't get on the pot himself. No. Nah, he certainly talks a lot of shit. Gary Lyon. He just won't pull his finger out properly for that club. and He's a poser when it comes to opinions, Gary. But they will sack him soon. It's just a matter of when. And I feel sorry for him because that club's putrid. Friday night, Collingwood, Sydney. Always good to see the scum get thrashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I have to say that I think the pies are flying under the radar because they are rubbish at the moment. Darren Jolly lucky to get off after his seemingly weekly high hits. That would have saved them a selection headache because he's he'd have to be in line to get dropped. Yeah, he's been a stinker. His, yeah. his career must be close to over. He's too 
slow. I'd have Hudson in there. I'd as soon as Grundy's fit, I'd give him a crack because Wits doesn't look much either. He might be big. Mm. He might be able to eat a small footballer, but he can't do much else. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing to watch Jolly and Mumford like two dinosaurs. Neither of them could get off the ground on Friday night. It was it's, a joke. It's amazing that the best ruckman out on the field in two what were considered what probably are still considered two top eight teams, but what were considered two top four teams. The best ruckman on the ground was Mike Pike. Easily, he's come a long way. He's actually doing all right, but it's still an indictment on the rest of them. Look, we've got to make mention of the little girl. I think she's robbed us of one very important thing because she made Eddie very angry with what she did, and I'm not condoning it. It was a pretty horrible thing to do, but... We didn't get to see just how angry Collingwood's loss made him because he was already angry about that. We couldn't tell just how purple Collingwood <laughs> made his face because her behaviour made it so. So I was disappointed sure from that regard. They were pathetic. They were lost out there, the Pies, and they are going to struggle to make the eight unless they change something dramatically because they are hot and cold. They need to get behind Seedsman because he was by far their best player on the weekend. He, he was class. He was everything we've been saying for the last two years. Everything such- Short's been saying for the last two years. I'll correct. He actually might come good it's amazing i'm actually a fan yeah me too when they go back and look at where the hype started day 13 was the beginning short Um, career builder he's anointed him as we said last week it's not hodgepodge it's coming from a far more respected post that's why that's why short's a mod this could get wheels short could take over from buckley uh, before the end of the season as a coach down at the pies because buckley clearly has no idea if buckley starts to struggle we need to get short on here and ask him whether he wants to step in so on friday night the swans bus broke down so the rather interesting way of getting to the game yeah i did hear a story that uh, Jude Bolton called into SEN claiming that he uh, travelled the tram without a ticket. Typical Sydney cider really. No class. And look, you know, I just want to confirm that my third cousin's girlfriend's niece is a ticket inspector for the Met and she claims to have booked Jude on the tram on Friday night on the way to the game. Apparently he pulled the football player card but it didn't work because she'd never heard of the Swans. Dream time at the G and I just want to say we were awful. Richmond were awful. Essendon played some good football but, you know, didn't move the ball directly and it's been highlighted. Went sideways a lot. Didn't kick long. We missed Brandon Ellis, who takes the game on a fair bit. And it was disappointing. I'd mark Nahas' papers now. The one thing that drives me insane is Richmond have a lot of one-sided players. So if you're ever watching, keep an eye on Grig, Hooley, Nahas if he plays again. Uh, Newman, though he's usually pretty good to get around it, all of them will only kick on the one foot. And at AFL level, it's not good enough. Look, players like um, Newman, unlike Nahas, can be a bit one-footed because they can yeah. break tackles. And he's got the smarts to sidestep. Joel Bowden was a terrible right-foot kick, but he got around it. Newman's probably less worrying than the others. I thought Hooley was in the same bracket, but teams are covering his left side and he's finding himself in trouble. I uh, thought Richmond were abysmal and I was a bit heartbroken because every year I go in barracking for Richmond in the first round, barracking for Richmond in Dreamtime game. And every year, not every year, because you're only down four, three in Dreamtime, but, and, and look, at least you won against Carlton this year, Fifey. So that's something. You lost a Dreamtime. Bit of a disappointment. But look, uh, I have a secret for you though, mate. I know why you lost. Why is that? It was Alex Rance's party. Like, completely <laughs> through the Tigers. They had no chance of winning. He I mean, played very well for all the crap he's copped. He had a pretty mediocre few weeks, but he had a decent game on Saturday night. He was one of the, Yeah, and that was the thing. I liked the defensive effort from the yeah. back six or seven because we should have got smashed and we played that poorly and only lost by 29. To, I assume they're a pretty good side. It's hard to tell, but when Daniel Jackson's your only possession winner in the top six on the grounds, that's a problem. Alex Rance beat 
hit every guy, uh, I thought, off the field. <laughs> Look, he played on every guy at one time or another, Alex Rance, and he beat every one of them. So he's considering the stigma and the, that was on his week, I thought that was a pretty amazing effort. Uh, I think uh, he pleased everyone. Speaking of Alex Rance, we do have a leaked document that's been sent in by uh, T2M. That's all he's calling himself. And it's straight from Alex Rance's court case. It's a list of the people who were invited to Alex Rance's house, and we've put together the top five. So number five, Paddle Pop. Um, number five was um, Molly Meldrum, who we all know is a St Kilda fan. No he's... surprises there. Molly would go to the opening of a handbag. Number four, he's in Australia at the moment. He's on The Voice. It's Ricky Martin. Um, number three, flew back from France especially, is David Hill. And number two, he would not miss this for the world, Bruce McAvaney. And the number one person, most high-profile person invited to Alex Rance's house is Paddle Pop. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> My player of the week, Dyson Heppel, in uh, Dreamtime on Saturday. You know, Dyson's a bit of a lightweight, we know. He's got a bit of a reputation around the bay as uh, jumping at shadows. But uh, on the weekend, look, he went in hard and he went for the, his first shirt front. Unfortunately, young Dyson came off second best against the umpire. He <laughs> ironed him out completely. So I hope Short Steppel's learned his lesson for the future. Maybe just skirts around the edges for the rest of his career because he's soft. But yeah, Brisbane Carlton. It was an awful, awful game. Game. Both teams were absolutely rubbish. It was up onto um, Gold Coast against GWS levels of cripple fighting. Both teams were literally that bad that um, Carlton were just some um, less shit. Um, what I would like to point out was that in the last quarter, there were so many turnovers. I guarantee players were turning the ball over every 30 seconds, and this was both teams. And we have a dark jumper, and Carlton didn't wear their clash jumper. So I think um, Carlton should have been wearing their clash jumpers because players just kept turning the ball over. But regardless of your views about clash jumpers, turnover footy is not um, pretty to watch. Oh, it's pretty to watch when Geelong play it. And the intercept marking, like, once again, we go back to Jack Watts, he makes an art form. I would watch turnover football all day if Jack Watts could intercept mark every single ball and dish it off to Seedsman. Jack Watts probably belongs at Carlton, actually. That game on Saturday night was made for Jack Watts. The ridiculous amount of intercept marking. Seriously. He would have racked up world record numbers. Okay, and then the other game in, another one of the games in, on Saturday was, saw a bit of this in the bar before the Richmond game. Bulldogs versus St Kilda. Good to see the doggies get a win even if it was courtesy of the umpires but that was encouraging because they've copped it oh look that was a moral victory again wasn't it wasn't it you know St Kilda should have won yeah but we can only really have one around and it's surely it's North Melbourne this week yeah well it's mostly irrelevant my brain literally goes blank when you mention those teams I just can't put two thoughts together it's like you just go foot's grey St Kilda it switches my brain off I mean the ratings must be through the floor if I wish, put that on TV. I wish I could remember what you called it last week. I don't know. The, the world's greatest moment of irrelevance. I can't remember either. There you uh, go. It was, it was funny. Point proven. Who can remember it? Yeah, but there's not a whole lot to say. Bulldogs did well, and I think we'll leave it at that. They played well. Good on them. St Kilda, well, it's just Revolt carrying that team at the moment, and he can't do it all. GWS smashed by West Coast. The only thing really worth talking about from that game is Josh Kennedy's kicking is getting worse and Mate, worse. Mate, he, he, he is like a sewing machine, that guy. I cannot believe he can. He, he gets so close to the man on the mark as well. It's becoming a bit of a problem. I think there's something wrong upstairs. Maybe he was a bit upset he didn't get invited to Alex Rance's party. I don't know. That's that's entirely possible. I wish we had Duckula to talk about it because he could give us some insight watching him every week. <coughs> Whoa! Fifey, is that a North Melbourne joke you just made? No. Oh, I thought you were choking. The cats. 
beating Port, relatively easy run through it. I saw that um, whilst waiting for the Alliance Carlton game. It was, it was just, I just wanted that game to be over. Nothing much to add about that. It was just Stevie J was playing his tricks and no one told Hawkins he was fat. Gold Coast Hawthorne. Suns were impressive. I thought they played some good football. And amazingly, in that second quarter, Buddy Franklin got the Bronx cheers. How much of that would be how poorly he was playing up to that point and how much of it would be Hawthorne supporters pissed off and how many of them were people who didn't like what he said to them when he was out last uh, week? God, I was there in the ground and the Bronx cheers were mostly from the Gold Coast fans. There was a few of them there. They had a pretty good turnout. Hawthorne were pretty ordinary in the first half. They just were disinterested. However, they do seem to have this whole, we'll sit back and absorb the team's best shot in the first half and then all season they seem to have big third quarters. So I, I don't know if the stats actually uh, back me up on that, but it, you know, having watched every game, it just seems in the second half we roll out the big guns sometimes we get in front early and then we just sit back for a couple of quarters then when we just sort of roll over them and at the end and we, it appeared to me as if they were just going yeah yeah then in the third quarter they just went right let's lift the tackling intensity lifted and and, and they, they they banged on you know several goals and game was over yeah 24 inside 50s in a quarter is huge and but Buddy, I mean, he kicked so many of the out of bounds. It was a joke, and he deserved the Bronx cheers. And I will say, the Suns, you could really see how they are going to be an absolute force in the next couple of years. They and, were really good, and good to see they had a bit of a wave support too. Because I think they're probably more people hang crap on their supporters, but I think there is an interest there as long as they are reasonably competitive. Yeah. It's probably no worse than the Brisbane one when Brisbane struggle. Actually, um, Gold Coast averaged better crowds than um the Brisbane Bears did when they started up. Gold Coast. Uh, the second uh, AFL team, not the first one as well. I'm oh. just curious to know how, how Paddles feels about Gold Coast. Is there any sort of rivalry there? I mean, I want to get a feel for this whole thing. I don't really see it as a rivalry yet. It just feels too um, manufactured by Andrew Demetriou. I honestly just see them as another team. Like, if Gold Coast are playing Collingwood, I'd easily go for Gold Coast. If they're playing GWS, I'd go for GWS just because um, the thought of GWS winning is kind of funny unless it happens against my team. I look forward to the day when we get you on here and there's tears of rage you know, at a loss. I want to hear your tears of rage paddles. I, can't I probably would melt down really hard if we lose to Collingwood this um, Friday night. Massive game for many, many reasons. First of all, we're playing the scum, which always gets a big crowd at the Gabba, even though if half of them are scum supporters. Second of all, we will be wearing our real jumper at the Gabba first time um, since Carlton choked in the 2009 Elimination Final. Thirdly, it's Friday night, which is big stage. It'll be shown live nationwide and freeware. And the most important reason why this is a big game is I'll get to see Paul Seedsman live in action. That is worth the price of admission on its own. It's something General amazing. General already sold out for this game. It'll be full of ladies, I'll assume. I hope yeah. they're off the pill. The man seed will be spraying them all over the ground, I'm sure, which uh, Alex Rance will love. I'm going for the Pies to win it, but I would love it if Brisbane got up. I'll be barracking for Brisbane with my heart. Paddles, I'm behind you 100%, but I think it's Collingwood. They're hot and cold. They lose one week, they win the next. Seems to be the norm. We are a very, very different team in our real jumper as opposed to the power pop jumper. So I actually reckon the Lions will win this one by five goals, but then um, that will be the last half-decent team we'll beat. After that, we'll only beat the weak teams like GWS, St Kilda and Richmond. Carlton GWS. Well, Carlton will win. Carlton. Meaningless game. Dead rubber. Adelaide Fremantle. Uh, well, I saw um, Adelaide fans starting a thread about how awesome we get to play the Purple Puffs, so that guarantees a Fremantle win. Sydney Essendon. 
This is probably the game of the round, fellas. What do you reckon? Yeah, that game will be at the FCG, the stand that game with um, Tony Lockett behind. Let's hope it goes the same way because hopefully there'll be some meltdowns. I think it's the Cheats Cup, Cola versus the Jabs. I, oh, I think, that's, you know, that's a bit that's a, that's a bit harsh when you consider there are genuine cheats out there like the Crows and and Carlton who do do it worse. Sydney is at least approved cheating. Let's get that straight right now. Still, still cheating. And Essendon are the biggest cheats of all. Yeah. I, I think they've gone past Carlton and I, I think it's the Cheats Cup. Look, I can't separate them, so I'm going to go for the home team, Sydney. Essendon probably are the worst cheats. Carlton was just clever bookkeeping if you want to go down that path. To be fair to Sydney, um, those players do have to live in Sydney, so they do deserve their polar. Geelong Gold Coast at Skilled. Same first game, night game at Skilled. I actually like Wowee, the future oh, comes st- to Geelong. It's big time down in Geelong, electricity. Who cares, Geelong, easy. Gary comes home. Will Gary play? Underlight. Big question. The Geelong supporters aren't picking it, but I like the idea of night games down there. I think it'll be good. I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be loving it if the sun's got up. That's never going to happen. I think we'll all be watching because the alternative is Western Bulldogs, Port and Darwin and Northern Climate Games, Darwin, Cairns. It's so humid and it produces a shit standard of football. The ball is slippery. It wasn't um, shit last year when Richmond played Gold Coast. So I'm saying it's the standard still stays shit, yeah, even if the result is. is laughable. The standard is shit because it's just not designed for the conditions and the players just get way too tired. Rubbish spectacle. Cat Wrangler, your boys get to play. Wow. The... I'm so certain that the Hawks are going to get over. And look, you know, I, I'm really loving the, the Demons at the moment. I just, I don't know why. I'm just, it's the underdog thing. Look, I'm dead broke at the moment, but I will buy a Melbourne membership. I'm putting it down here right now. If the Hawks fail to get over the Demons this weekend, I'll buy, look, it'll probably only be a three game membership. It might take me <laughs> next buy, season. Buy a pet one. So I'll buy a pet for my goldfish, I'll buy a Melbourne membership if the Hawks fail to get over the top. Big call. I think Buddy goes 13 this week or more. Could do. Look, you know, and look, a word could get out on me buying a Melbourne membership. This could be big news. Like, <laughs> it could be the highlight of the match. That's how meaningless this game is. Uh, look, uh, what can I say? Does anyone care? I might even go myself. North and St Kilda. Ah, uh, the battle of the moral victors. Yeah, <laughs> the moral cup. Oh. It's, it's not who wins, it's who morally wins. <laughs> yeah. It's who was robbed. Who's going to get robbed first? Who will be crying at the end? Will it be Brad Scott or will it be Plugger? I'm excited. I'm going to take it back. This is the game of the round. Look, North have to win it, surely. You'd think so, but... Oh, imagine if it was a draw. <laughs> it's got a draw written all over it. I, I'm, all right, that's it. I'm tipping the draw. I'm satisfied there. Ideal yeah. outcome. Last one being West Coast Richmond on the public holiday, which is... I, li- I like it because they've been wanting games there for a while on WA Day, I think it's called. Richmond need to win this. We really need to win this. Hopefully we do because it is... It's going to be a bit of trouble from 5-5, I think. Yeah, well... Well, look, you're sitting outside of the eight at the moment, aren't you, Tigers? Uh, so you're desperate for a win. And I tell you what, it's no given because I think they match up very well, the teams. They've got some strong rucks. So Marich will have his work cut out. I, I'm just going to have to say the West Coast, you know, winners are grinners and they're at home. Tough travel. I'm sorry, Fifey. They're too good for you. Richmond are in the perfect position to finish ninth, though, this season. The holy grail for them. Can't happen, surely. But no, I think it'll be interesting with the booze, West Coast probably. They are coming off a soft game last week. That is the one thing that works in our favour. They didn't have a tough hit out, Richmond should be breathing fire because that was our worst performance of the year despite big losses to Geelong but that was the worst one can the Tigers withstand the strain of Bubiaco we'll see how Jack Revolt goes because he may not like it he might have a bit of a tanty Jack that's every game I think just a couple of things from the week on the bay threat of the week my highlight without a doubt uh, would have to have been look I'll give Tiger boys a bit of up here loved his pick the time and date Brad's got his nervous breakdown I think that was very topical I'm giving him a big up there two thumbs up for the Tiger you know he's, he's a bit of a punching bag and 
and you know he's probably going to win Flog of the Year ten times on this. But you know this week he hit gold. Credit where it's uh, due. And that was a ripper. Um, Footify's still got some pretty good legs in it. It's dropped away a bit, but it has to be North. One of those North threads. North broke <laughs> big footy. That's my thread. Yeah, Paddle Pop had one too. Yeah, Go Griff North lost in Hex or something like that. That was going Go Griff thread. And we got to go with Flog of the Week. And you know what? I love his work usually, but just not enough to sticky it. It's our friend Thurlow Damaki. Yeah, great choice. His uh, faked uh, hissy fit, his fake meltdown in the Footify Fred was just gold. And I love his work, but Flog of the Week, definitely. I'll have to say I'm very jealous of Thurlow Damaki's like-to-post ratio. He makes my like-to-post ratio look like Nick Del Santo. Don't be too concerned about it, because as I understand it, there's the high ratio of Thurlow Damaki's aliases have been voting on that, so uh, I wouldn't be uh, too concerned there, mate. Thurlow Damaki, I had a rumour that he actually is pretty upset uh, because he wasn't invited to uh, Alex Rance's party should have been in the newspaper so that's caused a bit of his upset this week uh, that's why he sent us the list I imagine he wanted everyone to know he wasn't on it and that's clearly his angst there when he saw the list and who was invited he saw Boss got an invite and he didn't get one that must have cut him deep his post to light ratio is much higher than Bosk's and these are the things that keep Thurlow to make him warm at night in bed I think that's everything so this was Flogcast number three Fifey once again joined by Paddle Pop and the Cat Wrangler thanks for listening we'll see you next week hopefully Duckula will be back thanks for coming on again guys yeah. see you later Bay 13